My name is Nick Wagner Sr., and I am the creator of the Full Potential Podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Full Potential Podcast. And I have a really fantastic guest that uh, she was nice enough to reply to my LinkedIn message and agree to come on my podcast, uh, never even meeting me before. So, so blessing Adagame. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, really. And, you know, it's funny. I meet so many different people through LinkedIn or through connections of connections or people I know introduce me to other people and they say, Nick, you should interview so-and-so for your podcast. And I started following you because you were creating all this fantastic content on LinkedIn. And I went and checked out your profile and didn't realize before I really dug into it that you haven't even graduated from college yet, which is, I was shocked because all the awesome things you're doing and at a really young age. So, you know, big kudos to you on everything you've accomplished, uh, you know, it, it up to this point in your life. And I want to start with, uh, if, if blessing, you know, just according to your LinkedIn, I'll just, I love, I love introducing people by their, their profiles. So it says tech enthusiast, global citizen, mentor, public speaker, creative, and LinkedIn campus editor. So I will, I will ask you, you, where would you like to start of those, of those different things that you are currently doing to kind of share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, so I always like to start by talking about my background. So um, that comes in with Global Citizen. And I always started off with, you know, where I was born. So I was born in Nigeria, where I lived there for around two years before I had to relocate to Germany. So I lived in Germany for six years and German was actually my first language. After that, I moved to Scotland in the United Kingdom. I lived there for 10 years. Um, in the last year of high school, I had to relocate to Princeton, New Jersey to finish off high school here before starting college in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So four, four countries before, before you finished high school. Yep. That, that is a lot of moving. <laughs> what, and, and, and it's so interesting. So you're so obviously you you know English, you know German, uh, you just 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 those two, or do you have other any other surprises for us? No, it's just English and German for now. Okay, uh, so very cool. So what? And I, I I think it's fascinating because you have a truly global perspective, living in in four different countries. How how do you think those experiences in all four of those locations has kind of molded and and made you who you are today? So honestly, I would say it was up until I moved to the United States that I really saw, you know, me moving to different countries as a disadvantage because, you know, when people would ask me, where are you from? I wouldn't know what specific country to name or I wouldn't know, you know, I don't have the same experiences as others who have lived in one place for the, the majority of their lives. So I really saw it as a disadvantage for a long time until I realized that I could actually use it as leverage when it came to, you know, networking with people. I can interact with different people, whether they're from the U.S. I know how to talk to um, those kind of people. I know how to talk to people that are from Germany and all of these different things. And I think just my experience living in these different, they're really completely different environments um, that has helped me to kind of understand who I am. Um, because I know that not many people have the same 
you know, the same background, the same journey as me. And I've been able to leverage that story um, to get different sorts of opportunities for myself. I find it really interesting that you, you thought of it that way. And I guess it's all perspective because when I hear that story and when I read, and you have some of that information in your LinkedIn, when I read that in your profile, I immediately thought, how cool is that? And while she must have some unbelievable, you know, experience and cultural diversity because of your, your upbringing. So it's just interesting how I, how I interpreted it one way and how you interpret it a completely different way. Mm, exactly. So, so you, you came, you moved to the U S you finished high school and you, you, you went to direct, you're currently at Drexel. Yes. So why, you know, why Drexel? And I think my, my second question is, um, why you picked your major. So, and we were talking about this before we, before we started the podcast, uh, so you are a computer information systems major with a minor in security technology. Yep. So I'd love to kind of hear your thought process. You know, how did you end up picking Drexel, which is a fantastic school? And how did you come up with that major? Sure. Um, so to be honest, I didn't actually, I didn't have a plan to study in the United States after my freshman year. Um, the reason why I actually had to relocate from the United Kingdom was because my dad's um, got a job as a professor at Princeton University so kind of like my family had to pick up and leave and from there I was still missing the UK I lived there for 10 years which is the longest amount of time that I've spent in any country so you know I had my friends I had my plan and everything and now I was told that okay you need to leave and um, you need to finish your last year of high school in a completely different environment so at that point, when it came to, you know, doing SATs, which I didn't even have much time to actually study for, um, or even just applying to colleges, my mind was still at, okay, I'm going to go back to the United Kingdom to go to university. So at that point, my dad had told me, you know, your whole family is here, you might as well stay here and continue or, yeah, continue your higher education in the United States. So I was like, sure. And I was still kind of overwhelmed by everything that was going on around me and just a lot of things when it comes to the college applications. And because I didn't know anyone in the United States at that point, I felt like I couldn't go to anyone to ask for help. So I was just applying to random colleges that were around the area. And Drexel, as well as all the other colleges I applied to, were random choices for me. So I didn't know much about Drexel before I actually applied and so when I got in when I was accepted I was like you know it's it's nearby um they gave me a decent scholarship and you know the first term went by the second term went by I realized that the co-op program is why a lot of students come to Drexel and I had no idea what that was at that time it's it's very unique exactly so after understanding that I was like okay maybe Maybe this is what I need. Maybe this is, you know, the next step in me stepping out of my comfort zone. So I came into my freshman year as a computer science major because back in the UK, when it comes to anything technology, it was mainly computer science that was, you know, the course um, that was popular. So that's all I had known. I knew that I wanted to do something in technology and computer science was the only major that I was familiar with. 
So I came into computer science, first term went by, second term went by, and I was like, this is definitely not for me. I like technology, but the coding aspect of things was a bit too much for me. So I switched to software engineering, which is still very similar, but I guess it's a bit more project-based. And in my freshman year, if you, you know, if you study computer science or software engineering, you actually do take the exact same courses. So that didn't really change anything. But I still realized that if it's still, you know, the same course load and everything, software engineering is not what I want to do either. And I'm very lucky because the College of Computing and Informatics at Drexel has five different technical majors. So throughout that time, I was able to explore and ask different people about what exactly those majors entail. And that's where I came across computer information systems. And just through my own research and talking to faculty, talking to other people, I realized that it was like the intersection of business and technology. And that's kind of where I fell in love with that because it required me not to do only coding, but I got to um, bring in, you know, the people aspect of things and um, talk about the business the business side of it so yeah so so well said i'm a management information systems major although nice. many many years ago from the university of connecticut and i i switched from computer science for the exact same reason i loved how it was business and it business mm. and tech together and how we could use you know use tech to solve business problems so very well said i love that so so thanks for kind of sharing that you actually answered another question i had for you which was so you know you, you, you moved around because of your, your father's job and your father's a professor. So yeah. how, and that, no pressure, right? So how, how is having a father um, who is a college professor impact the importance you have, you place on education? Was that tough growing up and, and even still today? Hmm. So my dad is a professor in Christianity and society. So it wasn't like um, he was in the technology side or anything like that. It was kind of a, I guess, a unique course of study. So right. him being a professor, I grew up not really too, you know, it, the environment wasn't too strict, but I knew that, you know, my dad's a professor at you know, the University of Bayreuth in Germany, the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, and now um, Princeton University in New Jersey. So I knew that I had to actually do something and actually take advantage um, of my education and actually leverage it because even just moving from, you know, one country to another, I had to pick up a lot. And ever since then, I just knew that education doesn't come easy to everyone as it, you know, I've been very privileged to, have gone to school in so many different countries and really understood what the different environments are like. Um, but I guess just going through that experience, it, th it taught me that I need to take advantage of, you know, all of the resources that a lot of other students don't realize that they have or don't realize the importance of. So that, so, so thanks for transitioning right to my, my next topic I want to talk about. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. So it sounds like you like giving back is kind of the sense I get uh, yes. from, from just your upbringing and, and who you are as a person. So I want to I wanna pivot and ask about if you could explain what is the students of LinkedIn 
your, your, your profile says you were the initiator and co-founder. So I'd, I'd love to hear more about that because I think that's probably where I first saw you posting uh, on, on, on LinkedIn. Sure. Um, so Students of LinkedIn actually started around this time last year um, where it was really just a hashtag that I used. So a hashtag that I would use for my own posts and I would encourage other students to use that hashtag so they can, you know, hear other people's stories and actually um, leverage their story as well. And that mainly came about because I, for my first co-op, I worked as a social business strategist at a startup company and the company was created by the early adopters of LinkedIn so, you know, as a sophomore, I was going into working full time for six months, working on software, creating software for end user clients to leverage LinkedIn as professionals. So as you can see, this was a very new environment for me. But as I said, with all the new environments that I've found myself in, I've been able to leverage it and take advantage of it. So I realized that when it comes to you know, the, your workplace or your career, there are things that you can take from that and implement that into your own personal life. So I was able to absorb all of the information that I was giving out to these professionals. And I used that into my own personal life by updating my LinkedIn, by actually creating content. So from there, I realized that there weren't actually many students on the platform. So I wanted to create a community. I wanted to create a way for students to actually feel comfortable about sharing their story, to actually take advantage of LinkedIn. Because even to now, till this day, not many students realize the impact and the power that LinkedIn can have on them. So now it's turned into, you know, a community of almost 2,000 students from around the world. And I've built a team of ambitious and like trailblazing students around the world who are creating content because when I started, it was a lot of, you know, empowerment and motivating, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I also wanted students to actually take action. So my team now works a lot on creating content that helps students to take actions um, with what they do on campus and with how they discover and they plan their career path. So to, to say that's awesome would be an understatement. I, I love it. <laughs> Uh, and good, and, you know, good for you. And, and and to your point, all the all the people that are working on it with you, I think that's fantastic. And and it's funny because I think we have we I think we're we're in alignment on a, you know we both have goals of helping people. That's that's why I have the full potential podcast and, and our and our website is to really to empower people. And you're you're, you're doing that focused on students on LinkedIn. So that's awesome. Thank how you. has how has how has this initiative really? changed you know how you look at linkedin and change how and change how you look at social media in general and what i mean by that is you've seen the power of good with social media i think mm. through, through what you've done how has that kind of changed your perspective on it yeah so honestly i because of the way i grew up you know moving from different countries i fell into a space where i would always you know not to say be jealous of other people's lives and you know their upbringing their childhood and everything like that but I would always compare myself to others and that's something that a lot of people fall into when it comes to social media whether that's Instagram or Snapchat and even more so LinkedIn because 
it's a quote-unquote professional platform where, you know, some would think that all you see on LinkedIn is, you know, um, the highs that people have and, like, the accomplishments that they've made. And though that is a big part of LinkedIn, I decided to create, you know, a platform to create a space where you don't just talk about, you know, the great things that you've accomplished, but you actually talk about your experience as a whole being a human because we don't all just you know receive acceptance letters all the time or um you know we don't just all have accomplishments that come easy like we get rejected um we fall down a lot of times but that's kind of something that I wanted to promote on the platform and as well as that it's just talking about your path to that accomplishment that you made so now I've kind of turned it around so that it's not just a platform where I talk about, oh, you know, I got this virtual internship with Google or, oh, I'm doing my co-op at Comcast now. But I also encourage other students, but just people in general to actually talk about their journey that to talk about the journey that led to where they are now, because that's just as important as just talking about your successes. So great point. And I'll, I'll, I'll share my personal experience. One of the reasons I like LinkedIn so much is exactly what you said. Mm. I learn something every time I go on the platform and that is really powerful. And how do you learn? You learn from people's accomplishments and, and their, their setbacks and failures. So I, I think that's, I think it makes, it makes it much more real for people when you see not only that's the good things happening, but also maybe the, the, the more difficult situations that people are put in. So that's great. Exactly. So I want to ask my next question is, did, did your students of LinkedIn initiative lead to you then being a campus editor for the, the actual company LinkedIn? Yes, surprisingly it did because, um, you know, the first two months that I was really active on LinkedIn, um, a lot of the students on my campus would, you know, they would always ask me questions like, oh, are you working under LinkedIn or, or are you an um, are you an ambassador? Um, and I would always say, no, like, I'm just doing this because I want to do this. So early on, people already thought that I was a campus editor. And at the time that I actually started being active on LinkedIn, that's when the application for campus editors at that time for that year closed. So I didn't have the opportunity to apply. But I was like, I don't need that title to do what I want to do. So throughout that year, throughout 2018, I was just creating content, helping other people, basically doing what a campus editor would do, but without the title. And when it came to the point where, you know, the applications were open, people were coming to me saying, you know, you should apply to this. We could see you being an asset to the program, everything like that. So it, it really worked out nicely. No, that, that's, that's, that's super cool. And that's, that shows how, someone's passion project can turn into a job, right? Exactly. Or, or even a, a possible career. So uh, abso I absolutely love that. And so what, what, give us a little sense of what do you, I know you, you shared what you're doing with your initial, in your actual job as a campus editor, are there other things that you do there that are different from what you were doing just on your own? Um, yeah, so Students of LinkedIn is more of a global campaign, I like to say. So it involves students from all around the world. Campus Editor, as you know, it says in its name, is more tailored towards my specific campus. So um, I host workshops um, at school. I 
I work with other student organizations to, you know, talk about LinkedIn and advocate for it. And the thing that I love the most is that I'm not just talking about it, but I'm showing them like, you know, I updated my profile and it led me to this. Or I talked about, you know, my experience with this and it led me to this. So it's really been a great experience just to advocate LinkedIn as a student to other students. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what is your favorite type of content to, to post on LinkedIn? Is it, cause I know you have, you have articles uh, uh, you've written, you, you share links. Um, I don't know. If, I think you've done some videos. Like what's your favorite? Hmm. So it really started off as text posts. I think that would still be my favorite, but in February of 2018, that's when I started posting more videos because I saw the impact that it made and you know the reach that it can get so I was like you know let me let me hop on this platform and let me see um what it can bring and because of you know the kind of person I am I I want to say that I'm introverted so the whole idea of me being in front of a camera you know doing videos I didn't like that at all but I knew that as you know I've moved to different countries this is this is something small like I should push myself um, to get out of my comfort zone. So at this point, through that, I've actually found a love for video production and video editing and just creating videos in general. So um, videos are, they're creeping up, but I would still say that my favorite, my favorite medium is short text posts. Yeah, and I agree. Video is a little intimidating, especially at first. And you're like, you know, how do I, how do I set this up? You know, like what's my background going to be? You know, how does my hair look? I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes into getting the videos, right? Exactly. So I, I totally understand you. Whereas with the text, with the, you know, with the text posts, you can write something it, it all, all hours of the night, not really, not really worry as much. So, uh, so, so well said. Um, so I want to, I want to pivot and I want to ask uh, one, one of my favorite questions that I love and it kind of ties back to what we talked about before. Can you give us an example of maybe like what was one of your biggest setbacks that you've had in your early, your, your young career at this point uh, that you'd want to share that you think people can learn from? Hmm. Setbacks. I would say the whole idea of, you know, not knowing what I want to do. Um, so when people, you know, like it's funny because some of my friends would say, like when they see me, they would ask me like, oh, what's your major now? Because I've had that background of always switching my majors. And honestly, I'm glad that I did that because I didn't want to study something for five years and pay so much money um, to major in something that I don't like. Um, so the advice that I get from that is just to explore um, no matter how long that it takes you is to explore, to see what you like, what you don't like. And I'm glad that I actually, you know, was able to take some computer science courses because it showed me that this isn't necessarily where my passion lies. Um, and so even now people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, she has it all together, but they don't know that I actually have no idea what I want to do. I have a vague idea that I want to be in technology and in business and do something with that. But I guess another advice is to try new things and do a lot of things so that you will figure out eventually what is that you'd like to do, what is that you don't like to do. 
so all of what I'm doing now is to tap into that potential and to um to test myself and to see you know is this something that I can see myself doing um in a few years or you know I talk to someone who is in a field that I aspire to be in is that something that I actually aspire to be in or is the title just attractive to me so I think I look at that as a setback for me um, but I think that's where self-awareness comes in as well because you know I'm looking at all of these people on LinkedIn I'm looking at my friends and they have a vague idea and even like a specific idea of what they want to do but you know here's me I have no idea what I want to do but I think that's important to realize that you don't know what you want to do but then you're actually taking action to find out what it is that you want to do. And, and I don't think, uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't think your, your path with changing majors uh, is, is, is that different from many college students. So I don't know the statistics. May, maybe this could be a future uh, LinkedIn post for you, right? But we're, we're, we're coming up with content during the podcast. <laughs> You know, I, I, we'd have to we'd have to look it up. But I think many college students change their majors because, to your point, you just simply don't know, and you don't want to spend the money and, and learn and and go down this path that really you're not passionate about. So I mentioned I, I changed my major from computer science to MIS. Yeah, I know I have a ton of friends and coworkers that have done the same thing, and I I agree with you. I think you're better off getting it right and making the change and trying things and and figuring it out than going too far down a path and realizing, wow, this, this is not what I want to do. So, mm. so well said. Uh, so I want to, I want to, I always close with my, you know, my last question because it's the name of the, it's the name of the podcast is what advice would, would you give our listeners? And, you know, if it's interesting because I don't think I've interviewed anyone on the podcast yet that that was so focused on the, the, the demographic of college students. So I think it's really cool. Cause I think it's just a different lens that we have. Yeah. But what, what advice would you give our listeners that, that really serve you well to help them reach their full potential uh, that you didn't already give? So I know you just gave us a couple of tidbits, but anything else you'd like to share some, some wisdom for us? Sure. Um, so I guess from what I haven't already talked about, there are two things. So, you know, similar to the title of, you know, this movement is to tap into your potential every single day. And with that, I mean, just do something that makes you happy, do something that you're passionate about. And that kind of leads me to my second thing. So be willing to learn, be willing to fail and also step out of your comfort zone. Um, I noticed that, you know, your curiosity is power and also just will the willingness to learn and knowing that, you know, you might fail at this, you might fail at that, you might get rejected, but you still move on from that. You can still make an um, impact with your story. You can still get better at things and you can improve. So I think that all around um, is something that's helped me to continually reach my full potential. And I think that's something that can help others to reach their full potential as well. Well said, and thank you for the awesome advice. And again, I just, I just want to, say two things thanks for making time because you're a full-time student and you have a lot of other extracurricular activities plus plus jobs that you're doing at the same time so i know you're a very busy woman so thanks for making time and just thanks for what you're doing for the linkedin community and specifically the you know the, the college age demographic within the linkedin community because you know it's funny i didn't have linkedin when i was 
when I was going through college. I wish I had because it's so powerful. Yeah. And it, I think it really does help you figure out what you want to do in your career, be able to talk to, you know, talk to people about what they do and is that what you want? And, and just so much, so much learning um, on the platform that can be done every day that, that people now have the ability to, to kind of look at. And with people like yourself creating content, I think it makes it even more impactful. So, you know, just congrats on everything you're doing. And, you know, thanks again for making time for the podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our movement, please visit our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. You can also find us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube. Thank you again, and we hope you come back to hear another episode.